Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. I'll tell you right now, October 10th, October 10th, 2019, it certainly is official. We we have no more of that summer weather. We're full blast into the fall season here in sunny Boston, Massachusetts, folks. <laughs> and it ain't so sunny right now. It's been raining cats and dogs. It's going to be like that for the next couple of days. But that's all right. That's all right. You got to take the good with the bad. You got to enjoy all the different seasons. You know, we're, we're a four-season area here, so I don't mind it one bit. Listen, I got a packed show with a lot of great guests, and the focus is going to be twofold. Uh, number one, we're going to continue to celebrate women's wrestling. So not just pro wrestling, but women's wrestling in particular. And we're going to cover a, a wide variety of aspects of women's pro wrestling. Uh, in fact, I have Amber O'Neill from WOW Superheroes. And, you know, she's been a big star in the indie scene for, for a number of years. She's going to be joining us real soon. I also have uh, Kate. If you remember my friend Analytical Kate who runs the Raw Breakdown Project, she's going to be on to talk about that and also this this new uh, zine that she has that she's going to be launching real soon. And in addition, we also have Dr. Nikki Starr. So this is the other side of the coin. Dr. Nikki Starr Noche, she's a wellness expert. She's a doctor, reality TV star, the whole nine yards. She's going to be going over some things to help keep us centered and, and grounded while we deal with the changing of the seasons and a few other uh, surprises as well. So let's just jump right into it. You, you know, I, I got a little energy today. Got a little energy because I've been messing around with this stuff here that I discovered. Um, it's it's funny. Navitas Organics. I, I'm not sure if you folks are familiar with them, but you can see their products in all the different stores, you know, whether it be CVS or Walmart or Target. Navitas Organics. If, if you follow the Duke Loves Wrestling uh, Twitter page or even the Instagram, you'll see me post about their uh, cacao powder, which I love. I usually take that stuff and I, I mix it in with my home-brewed coffee. And, and, you know, I'd like to have a little chocolate in my coffee there. But it's not sweet. It's 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 bitter chocolate, but it's good stuff. So the, their cacao powder is excellent. Well, I just literally, at this moment, I just made a cup of this uh, turmeric latte. So this is some other stuff that they have. You know, they, they have different um, teas and, and, and things that you can mixed with water or your favorite type of milk or milk alternative turmeric latte and let me tell you something it's actually pretty damn good you know they mix the uh, turmeric uh, powder with mct oil and then they you know that's how they put it into a, a powdery mix that you again brew some tea with and hey, listen man 
I didn't expect this stuff to, to do what it did, but it's given me an energy boost. And this is an energy boost without traditional caffeine. So, goodness gracious, man. This this might be... Don't worry, all my coffee folks out there. You know, you know I'm part of the coffee core, but this might uh, be my new jam right here. This, this Navita's Organic Turmeric Powder. So... Next time you folks are at your uh, local drugstore or if you're in Walmart or Target, definitely look this stuff up because it's pretty delicious and it definitely packs a punch, man. It'll it'll, it'll wake you up. Uh, I don't want to say I'm going to run a marathon, but I'm definitely wide awake and I'm ready to get this show going. So without further ado, let's get our friend Amber O'Neill from WoW Superheroes. She's coming at you right now. Folks, you know that I am a huge fan of tag team wrestling i mean when it comes to two people especially when they have real chemistry whether they're related or or if they're like best friends but when you see a quality tag team in there working together beating the heck out of their opponents doing what they got to do to secure the victory it can be poetry in motion and i got to tell you something you know, I, I've seen some of the most impressive tag team wrestling recently that I've seen all year. And I said, you know something? I got to get one of the folks on the show to talk about this because it's just been awesome to watch. And, hey, without further ado, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. One of the biggest stars on the wrestling scene today, Amber O'Neill. How are you, Amber? I'm doing fabulous, and I just want to say that I love that your show is called Duke Loves Wrestling because I recently joined forces with Jesse Jones and Wild Superheroes to hashtag make wrestling great again. So I think it's absolutely phenomenal that I am doing your show at this stage in my career. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure, and, and you know, Jesse Jones is a is a friend of the show. She's been on the show a couple times, including a couple weeks ago, actually. It's funny because Jesse was very adamant about the fact that Amber O'Neill is one of her great friends, somebody that she really respects and that, quite frankly, uh, she sticks up for. So it's kind of cool to see that you two have, have joined forces and you're going after this, this WOW Superheroes uh, Tag Team Championship here. Talk to us about that. Well, we're not only going for it, we're going to get it. <laughs> and you can hashtag believe that. Yes, my journey in WOW Superheroes has been quite an interesting one. If you watch the show, then you know that I joined Lana Star and became the Beverly Hills babe, and I thought that was my ticket to success in Hollywood. We all know I've already been successful in pro wrestling. So in Wild Superheroes, they opened the door for me to accomplish my next goal, which is be successful in Hollywood. And then Lana turned her back on me by thinking she could find a better tag team partner Okay, good luck with that, girlfriend, because I've been a tag team champion in a while already. As a matter of fact, if my memory serves me correctly, I'm the only person on that roster that has had that tag team championship. So, Jessie Bell was really smart, which she is a very smart girl, when she came to me and wanted me to be her partner for the tag team series. And I was a little hesitant at first, but Jessie has always been a really good friend of mine. She's a very good friend, might I add. 
I just didn't know that we would have what it takes to be a tag team. But lo and behold, while superheroes, they let us enter the tag team tournament. The dynamic is one that I have never been a part of because we are so different, but we are very similar in the sense of we respect each other. I know what she's done. I know what she's accomplished, and she feels the same way. And we have a – I'm really not – you know, I was like, I don't feel like I need to make wrestling great again. I've already made it great. I'm just kidding. But, you know, she's on a mission to make wrestling great again, and if we can be the tag team champions together – then, in my opinion, we will have made wrestling great again. And I am on a mission to still be as famous as humanly possible because why not? You know, why not? So I don't know if you've been watching the Grits and Glam show. Thank you, Wow, for putting us together because chemistry has shown itself and we are ready to not only make wrestling great again, she's coming to L.A. with me to make us famous. She agreed to help me if I agree to help her. So I'm not quite sure the world is ready to watch us take a cross-country trip together in one car. And then I have been forced to go back to the country against my will. But hey, you know what? Got back to my roots. And it's been uh, not only a struggle, but a little bit fun, you know, to go in the woods and shoot guns again and have fun with Jesse in the country. But now she's coming to L.A. with me. And I hope you're just ready because the Grits and Glam show is about to uh, not only get its own YouTube channel, but I think we're going to not just take those WOW champions, uh, tag team championships and show everyone in WOW superheroes and everyone in pro wrestling that we are going to make wrestling great again. And we're going to be famous while we're doing it. And we are quite the force to be reckoned with together because between the two of us, we can enter any situation and dominate it. She knows things I don't know. I know things she doesn't know. And we are different, but we know how to take our differences and combine them and make one hell of an outcome. So I hope that everyone, not just Lana Star and Lioness, if you saw what we did to them last week, that was easy peasy. That's nothing. Like together, I think we have experience, enough experience and enough background in this industry to go all the way. Like you said, you, you took on Lana Starr and, and uh, Faith the Lioness uh, last week on Wild Superheroes, and I don't know what the heck was going on, but Faith ended up wrestling 99% of the entire match, which she just got her butt kicked by you and Jesse. I mean, you two really worked her over pretty well. That no good Lana Starr, I mean, ugh, she is just the worst thing that, that could ever happen <laughs> in pro wrestling. She She doesn't stand by anybody. She's all in it for herself. She was so disrespectful to you for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I let it happen because I was living a life of luxury, and that is 100% truth. I did move to L.A. when I got divorced, and, you know, I quickly was introduced to an extremely fun Hollywood life, and Lana is a bully, and that's uh, – Lioness needs to get ready because that is exactly what Lana's going to do to her. She's not going to get in that ring. She doesn't have the balls to. So I hope Lioness knows what she signed up for. She is a pop singer. She is going to be quite a star, with or without Lana. I don't know why she feels like she needs her. I just think Lana's got great connections in Hollywood. She's very uh, well-connected. She's been successful in Hollywood herself. Not as much pro wrestling. 
Um, she was, she is a former uh, WOW champion. I do believe she's the longest reigning WOW champion in history, so I can't say that. Um, Lana's had a ton of success in the world of wrestling and WOW. But you know what? I think her day is over, and I think that she depends on people to fight her battles for her. And Lioness is a very hungry uh, person in Hollywood to get that top star contract, you know, that record deal. And she's just going to have some hard lessons to learn. I've learned my lessons with Lana, and now I'm ready to show her that you've messed with the wrong girl because you've been messing with these people in Hollywood. Girlfriend, you ain't messed with a crazy girl from the country yet, but you have now. So now you got two crazy, two crazy country girls that you got to deal with. So good luck with that. Good luck with that, indeed. And, and listen, Faith the Lioness, <laughs> I know you're listening to the show. Get away from that Lana star. I'm telling you right now, take Amber O'Neill's advice. Be the best thing that ever happened to you. Now, get out while you can, sister. That's right. That's right. Now you, you brought it up. You and, and, and Jesse Jones, a.k.a. Jesse Bell, you, you have this fantastic uh, show that you've been putting on YouTube and Instagram and what have you, and, and it's it's been interesting to see because, like you said, she's trying to get some of that Hollywood glitz and glam out of you and, and, and bring you back down to the country side of town here. Uh, you've had to do some fishing, and you've been shooting guns <laughs> and all these crazy things going on. Do you feel like you're back to your country roots after spending this time with, with, with Jesse? I did grow up a country girl, you know, in my earlier years, you know, from birth until 16 or 17. Um, if you followed my early career, I did race dirt bikes, like, and I went very far with it. Um, and then I discovered professional wrestling and I decided, oh, I might not need to do this anymore because I kind of need my legs <laughs> for wrestling. And I didn't want to get hurt, but I did race dirt bikes. And, um, you know, I've had, I've lived the country girl life, but I will tell you this. It's been a real, that's what people don't understand. Everyone's like, oh, you're a Carolina girl. You're from the country. That was a long time ago. Uh, when I was 22, I moved to New York City. I lived there for a year. I have lived in Florida. I've lived in Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's a country, but it's still very city. Um, I've lived in San Diego. I've lived in Pasadena. Like, it's been a long time since Amber lived the country life. You know what I mean? So, I do feel like, well, yes, that is my upbringing. Uh, I didn't, you know, I was itching to get away from there from birth, and I did get away from there, and, you know, I've accomplished some goals, but in my mind, I still have so many more goals to accomplish, so I did use to fish with my grandfather when I was younger, when I was a, a little. Um, I am a professional, like, gunsman, uh, you may not know that, but I was in the Bullet Club, and you don't even like try to even get in that world unless you know what you're doing with a gun. So it was refreshing to go in the gun. Go well. I did. Ne I've never shot guns in the woods. Always did it like at, um, you know, a target practice place, like prof like professional where we wear ear, you know, the ear things, you know, so we don't go deaf. So that was a new experience. And I had not fished in years, and the fact that she was trying to get sushi out of that pond was comical to me. All of the the taxidermy on the walls, not my deal. <laughs> not my deal. I don't hunt for food. So she was interesting 
she introduced me some, to some things, country girl or not, that blew me away. And what the hell is an outhouse? I'm still trying to figure that shit out. So, uh, no, I do not feel like I did anything that made me happy. I appreciate her trying taking me in after Lana was so mean to me and kicked me out of her luxurious L.A. home. And I had nowhere to go. And I will forever be grateful to Jessie. And what I'm most grateful for right now is her taking me in, is her helping me dust it off my shoulder and be like, don't worry about Lana Star. I got you. We're going to enter this tag team tournament. You're going to get your hands on Lana. You're going to get your payback. And we're going to make wrestling great again. And I'm so glad that I decided to do it. And I'm also glad that she has agreed to come to L.A. with me. (laughs) And the YouTube channel will be up and running very, very soon. So far, the series that you're talking about has only been available on Instagram. But we are putting together a YouTube channel very soon, and the Grits and Glam show will continue. And there's so much more uh, amazing, interesting, funny, and sometimes not so funny, depending on who you ask and the situation that we're in, situations to come. I'm so grateful to WOW Superheroes for letting us enter that tag tournament and for letting us see what we can do and can accomplish inside of the ring, because I truly feel like we're going all the way. We're going to win those tag belts. Who there can honestly beat us in a tag team series? I'm a tag team specialist. This is like my fourth tag team I've been a part of, and Jesse's undefeated at this point. She has laid a, a, a path of broken arms all over mm-hmm. the place. And then with I know I don't want to be on the receiving end of that No arm way. Arm. No way. I made the mistake of, of, of putting somebody else over who she wrestled, and she came to Boston and broke my arm, and, and since then I've never <laughs> said another bad thing about Jesse. She is the greatest wrestler in the world. Just please, Jesse, don't hurt me. I'm telling you right now. Now, Amber, what can we expect, though? Because you said something really interesting earlier. You said that, that Jesse showed you the, the, the country life. She got you back to your country roots, but now you want to show her some of the glamour of, of Hollywood. So what are some of the things that we can expect? You, you, can, you can give us a little scoop here. Wait, name at least one thing that you're going to show uh, Jesse to, to show her a little Hollywood life. Well, first of all, I'm going to show her that sushi does not come out of the pond, no matter what she tries to tell me. She has agreed to come to Hollywood to hashtag make us famous if I hashtag help her make wrestling great again. So you're going to see a lot. You're going to see Jesse in some situations that you never thought you would see her in. I'm going to take her to Ordeo. I'm going to take her to all my favorite stores. I'm going to take her to, like, some of my Alana's old restaurants that she used to take me to. And because, you know, I've gotten myself out of the hole that I was in when Lana kicked me to the curb, and me and Jesse have been on a mission together. And I don't know if you've been paying attention to on social media, but I'm like, we are hashtag women on a mission, and we're not stopping until all of these missions are completed. Because Jesse, like myself, where we are very similar, is we are very determined people when we put our mind to something and we don't let anyone stand in our way. Me and Jesse both have had people try to break us down. It's impossible. It is impossible to break us down. You are dealing with two of the strongest women on this planet, not just in wrestling, but on this planet. And not only do once we put our mind to something, not only do we get laser focused on it, 
but we are overachievers when it comes to something that we really put on edge to. So I think that I can help her make wrestling great again, and I think that I can help make me and her famous. Just like when we were getting ready for the Heroes and Legends convention, our first official autograph signing together as Grits and Glam, I'm so ex- I'm so excited about this day, and she is trying to go hunting and lay her corn out or do something in a cornfield. I'm still trying to figure that out. But, like, we are going to bump heads. We are going to accomplish what we set out to do. Trust and believe, whether it's in the country or L.A. Now, she's coming to L.A. with me for a couple of months, and then I'm coming back to the country with her. So you have a whole lot in store for anyone that wants to watch the Grits and Glam show. And you have amazing things in store if when you watch one of superheroes in the upcoming episodes, the rest of the season and next season. Wow, and that, that's for, for sure there. Uh, in fact, tell everybody, where, where can they find the Glitz the grits and glam show where because they you know it's it's funny it's it's just really really interesting to see the two of you interact with each other and the best part about it is it's it's genuine interaction this isn't some scripted nonsense no no crazy writer writing this stuff this is literally you and jesse going through everyday life and and traveling up and down the road and getting into these crazy uh situations it's just it's it's amazing where can folks find the Grits and Glam show. Well, thank you for saying that. And I do want to emphasize that everything you just said could not be more true. This is not scripted. This is me and her in real-life situations trying to get through as different as we are to accomplish our goals, which is make wrestling great again and make us famous, and we are going to do it. And you can watch it on, as of now, you can watch it on my Instagram, which is at Amber O'Neill, and then the number one, so at A-M-B-E-R-O-N-E-A-L, number one. Same on Twitter. Twitter is at Amber O'Neill, number one again. Jessie uh, posts hers on at Jessie Jones, at Wow Jessie Jones, I believe, yes. And you can watch everything, Glitz and Glam, Amber and Jessie, at Wow Superheroes. That's the Instagram and the Twitter at WOW Superheroes, and then com, And we will be releasing the YouTube channel very, very soon. I would just keep up with both of our Instagrams to see when we will be releasing that. And listen, you, you listeners out there, I know you enjoy the Instagram stuff. I mean, you get to see these, these tough, these beautiful ladies, uh, the great pictures and videos, and now they're putting up this whole grits and glam stuff it's just really interesting stuff here but when you want to see them kick some butt we're mm-hmm. talking about wow superheroes every saturday 8 p.m eastern standard time on access tv this is yep. season two it's been amazing to see and i'll tell you that that tag team match where, where you and jesse beat up faith lioness and that no good lana star it was just awesome to see Amber O'Neill and, and Jesse Jones literally making wrestling great again and, and taking over the WOW superheroes tag team scene. I, I'm really impressed by that. Thank you. And like you said, every Saturday night, Access TV, 8, 7 Central, you can see me and Jesse Jones tear it up every single week as a tag team, making wrestling great again. And definitely, if anyone thinks I'm done with Lana Starr, I don't even get my hands on her. 
And me and Jesse had a long talk about that when that match was over. I'm like, girl, if you don't let me get in that ring and slay this girl, we're going to have a problem. And she promised that she was going to let me get in there if we ever get in there with her again. And if we don't get in there with her in a match, I'm going to get her regardless. So keep your eyes out for that. Because Lana Starr has not had what she's had coming to her. She has not received what she has coming to her. Her name is Amber O'Neill. Listen, Amber, we definitely want to check in uh, with you again a little later on in the season, find out what's going on with this whole glitz and glam uh, series you have going on, on on YouTube and Instagram. And more importantly, we want to check in and see how many more arms have been broken and how many faces have been busted out there at Wild Superheroes. That's right. How cool is Amber O'Neill? I mean, she is just a, 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 a big ball of energy. She's a real cool person. And let me tell you something, brother. She doesn't take no stuff from anybody. So it's it's awesome to see her and, and Jesse Jones, you know, a.k.a. Jesse Bell. The two of them have, have been put together as a tag team in WoW Superheroes, and they're friends. So it actually works, which is just excellent. Keep an eye on that tag team there. WoW Superheroes, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturdays, Access TV. That is the place to be. You know, if you, you check out the Duke Loves Wrestling Twitter page, I'm always live tweeting during WoW Superheroes. A lot of the WoW Superheroes uh, wrestlers, they jump in as well. And, you know, you listeners and, and WoW Superheroes viewers, you've just been fantastic. The interaction while the shows are going on, and, and it's just it's a lot of positive energy. It's great to see women's wrestling being treated as it should be. You know, this this is a draw. This is a this is a, a, a big attraction. This is the main deal here. So the fact that they're on primetime TV and they're doing so well, it just goes to show, and for all you other pro wrestling companies out there, it just goes to show there's no excuse for not featuring more women's wrestling on your cards because, hey, you look at Wild Superheroes, they're making it work. They're an all-women's wrestling promotion and they're just kicking butt left and right and they're doing an excellent job at it. So, like I said, just keep that in mind because women's wrestling is where it's at, man. You know, a, a lot of times you will see women's wrestling matches that are, are far far more entertaining and 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 you know even the let me coin a, a a phrase here a word that's tossed around often what have you uh their work rate is often higher than what you see in other places there take that for what it's worth jack i said it that's right speaking of which i got to get my friend kate and if you remember i used to call her analytical kate uh kate make it at make it loud on on twitter She's the person who started that Raw Breakdown project. I want to bring her back and I want to recap what's happened since she's launched that and also talk about some new projects that she has going on. In fact, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Here is my interview with Kate. You were one of my original guests. You know, the first time you came on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast was definitely during year one. And... The thing that really stood out for me, the thing that I, I absolutely had to have you on the show to talk about, was the Raw Breakdown Project. Mm-hmm. Refresh everybody's memory, please. What, what is the Raw Breakdown Project? 
essentially I watch Raw every week and I keep track of everything. I time segments, I keep track of appearances, how long, you know, how much airtime was given, particularly to um, people of color and women. And then I take all that data and I develop infographics. You get you get so much information and no one's going to read, you know, a glug of numbers. Instead, I try to find a way to kind of present it in a more aesthetically pleasing way and an easier to read way. So there's a lot of pie charts and graphics and that sort of thing because my background is in graphic design. And so, um, yeah, every week I watch Raw and keep track of everything and note trends and see what storylines are being given to whom and, and that sort of thing. And then I've done two annual reports that basically just takes a year's worth of information and just kind of condenses it into, you know, like a 16-page booklet, just kind of keeping track of championship reigns, overall airtime given to the women over time, that sort of thing. Well, and, and, and let me tell you something. That was certainly a labor of love because it, it was clear that you'd put a lot of effort into it in order for you to have that information for it to be as accurate as possible. You actually had to watch. I did, yeah. It's, it's, and there were times where I was at Raw and or that I had something going on, and so those are always noted. You know, I watched it on Hulu or I was there live, and I'd even, you know, be sitting in the crowd with my phone take, trying to take as many notes as possible when you're when you're sitting there live. So, yeah, you definitely had to watch it week to week. Um, you know, there might have been one or two weeks where I missed it, but... Yeah, it's it's definitely you can't really do it without watching it. <laughs> what was the reaction that you received? And I, and I think it's great for us to talk about this now, because I mean you you had started that and you were doing it for a number of years there. Mhm. Yeah, it started in God. I want to say 2015. So yeah, it's almost like four like four years. And so the initial response, I think, was a mixture of like, oh, what is this? And then absolute confusion. Um, and then why are you doing this? Like, I don't understand. But for me, I think for so long, I was seeing people doing simple things like, oh, my God, there's so many commercials. Like, why is WWE giving so much time to commercials? Um, and then this was right, right before, like, the women's evolution really kind of came into full force. And so that a lot of that was kind of surrounding around give them give give us a chance and give women a chance and that sort of thing. And so I tried, you know, a couple trial one episodes where I was like, well, let's see, because I think there were arguments around the time that was like, like all WWE does is is do commercials and and recaps. And so I was like, well, let's see. And so I just timed everything and just having, you know, this hard data information made people realize like, oh, okay, this is how it's distributed. Um, A lot of people really liked it. But then a lot of people absolutely hated it. It was either one or the other. Like, there was some confusion, like, oh, you know, how did you get this airtime? You know, what constitutes airtime? What constitutes a match? What constitutes a segment? Um, but I think overall it was fairly positive, like, at least to me. And then there'd be those little pockets of just, like, I don't understand why why you have to worry about the time being given to, you know, so-and-so. And I'm like, well... You know, in terms of, like, hard numbers, like, maybe it doesn't matter, but in the grand scheme of things, a lot of people want to see themselves on TV, and if the TV is saying, like, we're having a diverse program, we are going to give women more airtime, I want to be able to be like, are you really? Like, this is how much time you gave over the last five weeks. Is it meeting the expectations you set for your audience sort of thing? And that, in all honesty, 
has been the beauty of the concept of, of Raw Breakdown Project. And, and I'm sure if you were to take a look at the hashtag, uh, everyone listening, if you just hashtag Raw Breakdown Project on Twitter, you will see an abundance of, of tweets uh, from the Duke Loves Wrestling uh, Twitter page me referencing back to it and, and, and mentioning the fact that as we hit this quote-unquote women's uh, evolution, revolution, you know, they, they use the, the terms interchangeably, mm-hmm. as we started to, to see the at least perceived notion of women getting more airtime and women being in main events and women's matches actually being promoted as something that, is just as important as the men's matches, which is unheard of in, in, from a historical uh, perspective in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. I would always make it a point to, to refer back to Raw Breakdown Project because, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this flat out, Kate, we don't get the women's evolution in the manner that it, it has happened. I don't believe that we get Sasha Banks and, and, and Charlotte Flair, uh, main event in the Hell in the Cell, uh, back in, what was that, 2015, I believe it was. Ooh. We don't get women main eventing Raw. We don't get women main eventing WrestleMania. I don't think we get any of these things. In the time period that we've gotten it over the past four years, without the work that you did with the Raw Breakdown Project. And I know that that's a pretty bold, strong statement to make, but your website made it possible for the conversation to continue in a, in a more intelligent and, and precise manner where it's like, hey, WWE, you claim that you're being diverse. You claim that you're giving us more women's content. Here are the numbers. You're not. Or or, or what you're giving us is such a, a, a small percentage of increase that it's, it's almost insignificant. Where is the real beef? When, when, when do we get to the point where you really actually do what you're marketing? Exactly. And I think that the, there was a lot of people that were kind of trying to justify the numbers to say, well, they have a smaller women's division. And, and initially, yeah, like they had a relatively small women's division. But over time, it's grown and you have women from NXT. You have women, you know, you have enough of a roster now that, you know, you're able to have an even brand split. You have all of these women and there's an opportunity there to do something with them and to say, you know, oh, well, you know, Dana Brooke, you know, she's, you know, she's not Roman Reigns. I'm like, well, no, she's not. And I'm not saying she has to be. I'm not saying Dana Brooke has to be in the main event every week. I'm not even saying women have to be in the main event week to week. I just want it to become normalized that it doesn't matter. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to get to a point where the women main eventing WrestleMania is a common thing. It's not, you know, the first ever is, yes, absolutely amazing and emotional but I want it to be just part of, like, that, okay, that makes sense. Yes, absolutely, this should be the main event, not for any particular reason. There's, there was a time where WWE was doing these, like, first ever with the women matches, like, first ever Money in the Bank, first ever Hell in the Cell, first ever main event on Raw. And it's like, why has it taken you this long? Raw, at least, has been on since the early 90s. Like, at this point, I'm claiming this in, like, 2016, 2017. Why has it taken you this long to have this grand, you know, elaborate, promoting all night main event on Raw? Like, 
there were women wrestling for years before this, before Becky, before Sasha, before Charlotte. And if you had maybe given them the time and the training and the opportunity, we wouldn't be in this position now where there's a slug of first ever, you know, moments that eventually over time just, you know, it just felt rushed and it felt blended together. And, um, I mean, it was awesome. I'm happy to be in this time, but I've been watching since I was 10 years old. Where was this when I was 10 years old sort of thing? Well, and, and you bring up some excellent points there, and you're absolutely right. And it's funny because when <laughs> you see the people who come out of the woodwork and they want to – they don't want to have a discussion about the what you're producing and, 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 and these graphs and what have you. They want to challenge it. They want to pull mm-hmm. a hole. They want to find a way to discredit it, which is a mm-hmm. very strange uh, uh, symptom there because it's like this is what it is. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, so before you, you – if your knee-jerk reaction is to poke holes as opposed to actually just take a look at it, take a look at what you've been watching and ask yourself, hey, does this match up? It, it, it's just – it's a strange uh, reaction to things. And, and I noticed that when, we, when you talk about providing uh, equality or when you talk about diversity, when you talk about – women being paid equally or being shown on television uh, for equal time period or in equal segments. When you talk about people of color being treated in the same exact way, uh, forget about it if you're a woman and a person of color. That's like a double double dose there, right? Mm-hmm. So many people, and I'll just say it, men, so many men want to shut that down. They don't even want you to talk about it. It is just fascinating. Uh where are we today? And, and I know that you probably don't have the analytics in front of you. I'm not trying to put you on the spot in that regard. <laughs> but strictly based on the eyeball test, if I were to say to you, in WWE, there are more women shown on shows like Raw and SmackDown. There are more women's matches and, and, and the matches and, and more women's content in general on those programs in 2019 than there were in 2015 or 2016? What would you say to that? I would say yes. Like, on on the surface level, yes. Um, there are more women. They're, you know, they're on pay-per-views. They're getting the big matches. Um, I think recently it's been interesting to kind of see, I think when Ronda Rousey came to WWE, like, that was a huge, there was a huge push for the women to appear more on WWE programming. And I don't, I I have mixed feelings about it because, yes, this is great, but also it's like, why did it take Ronda Rousey getting signed for it to happen? Um, actually, one of my contributors for the other project that we're going to talk about, Kristen Ashley, wrote a really great article. Um, I'll just send you the link so you can share it on your social media, but she wrote an article kind of similar where she was analyzing the airtime um, right around the time that Ronda Rousey got signed to WWE and, like, how much time was given to the women around that time, and then once Rhonda kind of left, did it go down? Like, and there was a drastic difference between the time when Ronda Rousey was on Raw week to week to week to now where, you know, last night there were a lot of women on Raw, but the week before there really wasn't. Like, just eyeballing it. And I'm still timing and I'm still looking, but just just looking at it as a whole, there are more women on, like, NXT and SmackDown, but Raw – you know, that's their A show. That's their bread and butter. And it's 
for a while there, it was kind of like, where is everybody? Where is, you know, where's Naomi? Where's, you know, Dana Brooks? It's kind of like the same three women every week. Why, I'm not saying you shouldn't change them out, but where is everyone? And now, especially with the brand, with the brand split and redoing the commentary team, we don't even have a woman on commentary now. Like, where is Renee Young? Like, I know where she is. Like, she's doing a new program, but why wasn't Renee Young just replaced with somebody else? Why are we back to all men commentary teams, you know, on the, on SmackDown and Raw? And, and let me reiterate the, the, the point that I just made there. If, you're, if your reaction to everything that Kate just said is, well, well, hey, <laughs> take a step back, buddy, and, and, and reevaluate yourself there. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't understand the – I don't know what the anger is coming from. It's like I'm literally regurgitating what WWE has given to me. I'm not making anything up. I'm not fudging times. You know, I'm just literally saying, like, hey, WWE gave us – 15 minutes of the women this week, here it is in an infograph, and for some reason it's like, oh, like, why are you so mad? Like, WWE did the exact same thing. They just didn't, you know, they presented it differently. I'm just showing you a thing. Like, I don't understand why, I don't understand the visual behind it. I really don't. And I, I don't, I don't know if I really care to. It's just very confusing to me. Well, it, what's what's interesting, too, is that I see direct parallels with AEW. And, mm-hmm. you know, in fairness to them, they, they're a new promotion. So, oh, yeah, they're brand new. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've only had, what, four pay-per-view style events, and, and their their second episode is going to be airing. It actually just aired. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're two shows in and, and, and four pay-per-views. So that's a total of, of six official AEW events, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So i got some time. But... What concerns me, and, and one of the things that I brought up from day one, and I will say this is you know, partially influenced by you and what you've done with Raw Breakdown Project because you've made me a hell of a lot more aware of this. Um, AEW marketed diversity. And, yeah. And they were very deliberate and specific and, you know, about using that word and, and describing it and saying how they were going to, you know, show people of color and it wasn't going to be a gimmick and how they were going to take women's wrestling seriously and women were going to get paid equally and all these, these grandiose ideas that, quite frankly, are the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when it came time to actually deliver, they they haven't done it yet so, on, on any of those fronts, to be honest with you. Yeah, so it's, no. It's, you know, even Brandy Rhodes had to walk back that women are going to get paid equally uh, statement, and she said, well, you know, women who are on the same level as the male talents will get paid what they're being paid. Well, who mm-hmm. the hell is on the same level as Chris Jericho? And I think that's the crux of it. AEW, a lot of their roster are very they're, – they're new to TV. Like, I wouldn't say they're new, you know – because they've wrestled for years on the independence. But, yeah, you're trying to compare somebody to people like Omega and Jericho and the Bucks who, you know, have that facial, have face recognition. And that's, you know, part of the reason why, and, and Cody Rhodes, like that's part of the reason why they were probably able to get, you know, the TV show and, and the pay-per-views. But if you're signing women who may not have ever been on TV before, how, what are you, how are you, how are you, 
quantifying that? How are you justifying that? Um, and that's the thing that I was really worried about even when they first started because you can say you're going to be diverse. You're going to say you're going to hire whoever, you know, the talent's there. But I need you to do it. You can talk about it all you want because WWE has been talking about it for years. Stephanie Hand did an interview years ago saying they were going to consult with LGBTQ nonprofits saying they were going to have more inclusive programming and include more, you know, LGBTQ characters. There's minimal to none. You have Sonya Deville. That's it. Like, that was years ago. So I I don't really – I don't take somebody saying that they're going to be diverse and inclusive lightly. I, I want them to show it to me. Um, because I actually went to the AEW uh, event, the first show in D.C., and I had a really good time. But also, like, on TV – there was only one women's match. Like, where where is this, you know, grand, brand new, you know, type of programming that you that I was promised? And I'm willing to give them a little bit of time, but at this point in 2019, you don't need time. You should just already be doing it. Like, you had time to prepare for the show. Like, you should have already done it, essentially. Well, and, and especially when you've used it as a marketing tool. So you exactly. Concept. I'm going to be different from those other people because I'm going to give you diversity and I'm going to treat women's wrestling uh, equally and I'm going to do all these things. You told me that you were going to give me this, so I'm mm-hmm. tuning in expecting to see it, and yeah. then I don't get any of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like, like you said, one women's match. What? Yeah, it's it's and it was a it was a great match. It was an amazing match. Like to be there live and to see people cheering to these women on was incredible. Let's do it twice. Let's do it three times. Like, why wasn't that the main event? Like, this was a brand new title. Like, you know, Chris Jericho wasn't defending his title on the show. Nyla Rose and Riho were fighting for whoever was going to be the first ever AEW Women's Champion. Why was that not the main event? That's, you know, you had a shot. You had a chance to do that, and you didn't do it. And in a, in a 2019 where, again, you, you have women in the Wrestle, WrestleMania main event. You have women in other mm-hmm. pay-per-view main events. You have women main eventing Raw and SmackDown. You have WOW superheroes in yeah. all women's promotion on primetime television every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. You can't put on a women's main event match for your championship on, on AEW? Really? Yeah. So I'm I'm willing I'm willing to give them the time I'm willing to give them the space to improve but um, the the blueprint is done like everybody knows how to do a wrestling show like your job is to improve upon it and you said you were going to so how are you going to do it? Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So it's 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 funny and, I, and again I wanted to remind everybody about Raw Breakdown Project because again that that was just something that's really interesting and, and it, it I don't think we get all of this women's content in general and, and the discussion and the vigor behind it people feeling even more empowered to talk about it and, and show hey here's the facts here are the, here are the figures this is where you were where are you going to go mm-hmm. and understanding how to hold these companies accountable now it's almost like you showed them the way so l- let me ask you will we see Raw Breakdown Project and any new incarnation, uh, you know, in 2019 or 2020? 
I hope so. I really want to because I I loved doing the project. I hated the labor eventually. Like it got laborious to watch raw. It got laborious to get you know, I I'm a graphic designer full time by trade. I'm used to criticism, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot of work week to week um to put this out. And, you know, it's not I'm not trying to present it as a complaint, I'm just saying like, um there was a lot of stuff I had happening in my full time life and stuff like that that uh I would love to have it come back. I think that I'm aiming hopefully maybe in the next couple months, if not hopefully January 2020, because I'd like to do, there's so many things, especially with AEW coming out, that I'd love to do a comparison of, you know, a Raw episode to an AEW episode, like, just to see. Like, there's so many things, that, and especially with SmackDown moving to, to Fox and seeing how that's going to differ. You know, there's there's all these ideas that I have. It's just the, amount, the matter of sitting down, finding the time, and and doing it. I have been timing Raws again recently. I've timed all of all of September and this last week of this, this first week of October. So I have the data. It's there. It's just a matter of sitting down and uh, and doing something with it. I just have had a lot of other other fun projects going on. So, well, and, and let me say this uh, to all of you wrestling companies that are on TV now, including WWE and AEW. You have some time to get your act together. Because I'm telling you right now, if 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 Kate, who I like to call uh, analytical Kate, if, if analytical Kate brings back Raw Breakdown Project and, and and does a spinoff on AEW and starts doing these comparisons, the amount of articles, the amount of discussion, the amount of of vigor and support around these concepts are, are, are going to be tough for you to ignore. You're going to have to answer to it, and there is no logical, acceptable answer as to why you're not pumping out more women's content in 2019. Like, it just does not make any sense. Exactly. You have you have the people. Like, there's plenty of, of wrestlers out there. There's plenty of potential. So I I would like to see what you do with it, essentially. Like, it's, And I want to say, like, I'm not coming at this as, like, I'm just, I'm a fan. I want to see it. I want to see good things, and I want to see new and different things. So I'm I'm trying to present it in a way that it's like, hey, because it could be better. Like, I've never wanted the Raw Breakdown Project to be like, I gotcha, you suck, you always suck, you're never going to get better. It's like, no, here is what you did this week. What can we do to get better next week sort of thing? Like, literally, like you said, just analyzing it and critiquing it. And I think if you love something, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be allowed to critique it. Because things, you know, everything that you love about something doesn't necessarily mean that it's perfect. Great point. And there's always room to improve. And, and in fact, you know, when you're the person who's producing the content, that should be a goal of yours to, to constantly yeah. get better and to constantly improve upon things and, and not be afraid of, of people taking a look at your work and saying, hey, what's up with that? Yeah, you know, exactly. That's a great point. So you alluded to it. Let's let's jump right into this thing here. You've been working on something else, and, and I know that mm-hmm. uh, you've been affiliated with it for a little while here. Mm-hmm. Tell the fans about your latest project and why it is imperative that they check it out. So it is Girl Wrestling Family Marry Me is the name of it. 
Uh, it is a zine. It's a volume zine. Uh, we're on volume five, and each volume is a different collection of stories and illustrations and comics, basically whatever um, the contributor wants to send. Um, and it's, the focus is on women, LGBTQ, non-binary, um, gender minorities in the wrestling fandom, and just their stories about being fans. And the common thread is just um, wrestling, like either training to be a wrestler or meeting your partner via wrestling, dating a wrestling fan, dating as a wrestling fan. Um, yeah, just anything that you want to share as long as wrestling is somewhat involved. And I am actually debuting Volume 5 this weekend. Uh, I'm doing Richmond Zine Fest. Uh, I live in Richmond, Virginia, so I'm actually in the midst of working on it right now. <laughs> like, literally got one of my contribu- one of my contributions before I got on the phone with you. So. <laughs> wow. Wow. So yeah. Literally, we're, we're uh, in the midst of, of the, the final drafts and the, and, and the last you know, a little bit of icing on the cake before this gets released to the world uh, this weekend. What day specifically this weekend uh, can folks expect to see this up? So if you're in Richmond, you should definitely come to Richmond Zine Fest. Um, it's going to be at the Main Street Library in downtown Richmond, and it's going to be on Saturday, October 2nd from 10 to 4.30. Um, there's a ton of other tables and other zinesters, and this is my third year doing it. I actually... My first ever Zine Fest flash market was Richmond Zine Fest, and that's where I debuted Volume 1. So it's kind of cool to be able to debut my fifth volume. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've only been doing it for two years now. I try to do a volume in the spring and a volume in the fall. So um, I have 14 contributors, 14 submissions that I am laying out and organizing. Um, the other cool thing that I asked, my contributors to do with their submission is to send me a song that they feel like either conveys their feelings about their piece or something that they think somebody would enjoy listening. So I'll also be releasing a playlist that you can listen to while reading the zine. So I I came up with it. I don't know if it'll work or if it's silly or not, but I thought it was really fun to just be like, hey, you wrote this thing. If you had to pick a song that represented it, what what would it be sort of thing? I think that's a pretty uh, clever and innovative thing to do. You know, you create a playlist that folks can listen to while they're reading along and, and really get lost in the in the entire spirit of the, the the stories here. That's that's excellent, excellent stuff. So so what can people do uh, who are not in the Richmond area if they want to get a hold of this? So I have a big cartel shop. It is zoebugstudio.bigcartel.com. Um, I do not have pre-orders open yet. My goal is to have pre-orders open on Monday the 14th. Yes, it's October 14th, so that's when pre-orders are open because I'm only printing X amount for ZineFest. So whatever's left over will immediately be the first, you know, mail out of pre-orders. So if you give me a follow on Twitter at Make It Loud, that's where I'll be posting and sharing and have the links to get it. Um, I also have volumes one through four and other things that I sell on my big cartel shop. Yeah, and, and you know, you have some really cool stuff there, smart tears and, and all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff on your big cartel. Do you design all that stuff yourself? 
I did, yeah. So I have a couple of nail, enamel pins that are on big cartels. So yeah, everything are original designs that I came up with, and and uh, I worked with Lapel Yeah, who is an amazing pin designer in in and themselves, and they you know assisted with me taking my ideas and, and making them into these little you know pins that you can wear on your bag and jackets, and I have so many pins in my house now, <laughs> just in boxes. Well, I'll tell you, they all are, are pretty awesome, and, and what I like to see is the enthusiasm when you, you post these designs and you and you do your, I don't want to call them advertisements, but you remind everybody that they can check out your big cartel. I see a lot of folks who, who are really interested and excited about it, so it's it's cool. And, and that's in line with anything that you do, Kate. I mean, you've established a brand for yourself and, and, a, and a level of credibility, especially within the, the wrestling community where it doesn't really matter if anyone likes your views on wrestling or dislikes your views on wrestling. Everybody accepts the fact that you absolutely know what you're talking about. And well, thank you. I like to think I do. <laughs> no, you do. You do. Yeah. You're very you're very thoughtful about what you say and how you say it. I, I, I noticed that, and, it, and it's always refreshing to see your feed. The things that you choose to talk about, and the way that you go about talking about these things, it's it's very interesting to see because it's almost like, for me, it's like a, it's a master class in, in a way to approach a topic. And I noticed that you will not, you may, you may give your opinion, but you will preference things by saying, listen, I'm not an expert on this thing, and I want to make sure that we listen to the, the people who are affected by this the most. But I will say this. And you just put it out there, and, and then people take what they need from it and carry on the conversation and things like that, which makes it easier for folks to want to sample everything else you have going on. You know, so hey, whether it's I, the zine or the pins and all that good stuff there. No, I, I appreciate it. I think, especially since I've had, you know, at least been in wrestling Twitter for, for years on end, I think the best way is to just kind of, Everything I've ever tweeted has just been my thoughts and my feelings. And if you agree with them, then great. Let's talk about it. If you don't, that's fine, too, because there's plenty of people that I follow where I'll just see something and I'm just like, I don't agree with that. That's not my cup of tea. But, um, yeah. Well, and, and I'll speak from experience, folks. Uh, Kate has let me know uh, sometimes when I go too far out there on a limb that um, – I need doubt back or she's going to headlock me. So, yes, she'll, she'll tell you when she doesn't agree with you. She'll do it in a very nice way, even when she's threatening to, to beat you up. So that's always good. Uh, I, I, like, I, like, I like to warn people. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't listen, then you'll just sick your cat on them, right? Exactly. I have three. They're all very heavy. So. Oh, yes, that's right. you got a whole cat gang going on over there. Forgot about I do. That. I'll just. I'll just stick my backing on them. It's fine. <laughs> so, so remind us again, the social media, the websites, let's, let's cover that one last time here. Folks want to get more of what analytical Kate has to offer to the world. Please, where can they reach everything? So you can, main source is Instagram, uh, not Instagram. Well, yeah, Instagram. You can follow me um, at Zoe Bug Studio. On Twitter, you can follow me at Make It Loud. Uh, you can follow along the Raw Breakdown Project to see when I'll post something new at rawbreakdownproject.com. And then if you want to 
order some of Girl Wrestling Fan Will You Marry Me, you can go to zoebugstudio.bigcartel.com. I got to tell you, Kate, once again, I, I just really respect you to the moon and back. Appreciate everything that you do, all the all the tireless uh, time spent on this passion that you have for pro wrestling and the pro wrestling community, all different ways you contribute to it. Uh, please, just keep doing what you're doing, and we'll continue to support you. I, I appreciate you having me on to talk about wrestling and, and to share all my stuff. <laughs> She's pretty cool, man. She's pretty cool. I, I'll tell you, I have a lot of time for Kate. The utmost respect for her because... And, and I don't say this lightly, um, when we talk about the women's revolution and the evolution, yes, people inside the wrestling industry were pushing and fighting and clawing, talking about the wrestlers themselves and executives and, and you know other folks out there who, who were making it happen on the inside. But on the outside, you have a, a collection of very passionate fans who were making it known to these wrestling companies, including WWE, WWE especially, that we want women in the main event. We want more women's content. We want to see women's wrestling. And Kate was really at the forefront of that, and she continues to be, just by creating this 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 platform, this raw breakdown project where you can go there and you can see the facts and figures right in your face. You can't, you know, you can try to poke holes in it, but the, the, the truth is the truth. So, and, and when you put it in an in a infograph and, and, you know, a lot of folks are visual folks, when you put it right in their face, it's very hard to deny the fact that the women wrestlers have been getting a, a bad shake and there's really no excuse in 2019. Everyone's supposed to be an equal opportunity employer. So... Let's actually put that on display because I'm telling you right now, man, and we saw it with the, the hell in the cell pay-per-view uh, this past Sunday, Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch had the best match on the card by far. Wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. And what Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins did, which was the quote unquote main event, it was the last match on the card compared to what Sasha and, and, and Becky did. Give me a break. No comparison. Sasha and Becky Lynch, and you know, they made the other folks after them look foolish. But that's the that's the name of the game, Jack. That's what it's all about. Shout out to Charlotte Flair and, and Bailey. They had a, a kick butt uh, match as well. But it just goes to show there's no excuse for not putting the women's content not only on your cards, but they should be main eventing, semi-main eventing, you name it. So we're going to keep that pressure on these companies to do the right thing and provide some some semblance of equality here. It's just no excuse not to. That's right. That's right. I told you I got a lot of energy, man. I'm telling you, this this uh, this turmeric latte by... Uh, Navita's organic. Jeez, it's it's got me going, got me going, Jack. That's right. All right, I'm gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we are going to hear from Doctor Nikki Star Noche. She's gonna give you a reason to get back into a positive space, especially if you if you haven't been there for whatever reason. 
She's going to give you some some tips on how to manage a business utilizing Instagram and social media, how to make things even better. Just a really cool uh, discussion with Dr. Nikki Star Noche on a variety of topics. But before we get to that, got a few short words from our friend, Michelle Evans, who is competing to be your next Maxim Magazine cover girl. Check out Michelle and then Dr. Nikki right after that. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Evans. Thank you so much for supporting me on this Maxim CoverGirl contest. Because all of you listening to Duke Loves Wrestling's podcast, I have made it to the next round and I am just a few rounds closer to being your next Maxim CoverGirl. Please continue to vote and remember, you get one free vote every 24 hours. Head over to MaximGirl.com slash 2019 slash Michelle dash seven and vote for me, Michelle. Thank you again and keep listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. We're hitting the, the fall season and then we're going to be full speed ahead and into winter. It's the holidays, right? It's the holidays. So this is a chance where you're, you're inside because it may be a little colder where you live and you're, you're spending more time with loved ones, you know, your friends and your family and what have you. Um, but the thing about the holidays is that it can be a little stressful sometimes too, right? Especially when the weather starts turning a different way. You can have moments where, ooh, it's not, it's not necessarily the best day. You don't necessarily feel like your best person. One of the things that has really intrigued me through the years, and one of the things that I, I, I really seek out, uh, people who live a positive life, people who, who, who preach positivity and, and, and not only just preach it, but actually live it. They actually walk that path and what have you and, you know, lead others in a, in a way that allows you to know and, and be reminded that, hey, no matter what's going on, you can continue to be your best self. And, and I always say you can only go up from here. You know, and anyone who listens to the show, you know, we, we talk to pro wrestlers, we talk to, to MMA fighters, and we talk to other professional athletes and entertainers, and we love to see all the highs, but we want, we want to remember, too, there are some lows there. There are some definitely significant losses being taken there, just like everybody else in life. Being able to take a step back and say, hey, it's okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to continue to move forward. We're going to continue to progress. That's important, you know. So I, I have somebody who I've been paying a lot of attention to lately who has just really impressed me with some of the things that she's doing. And I figure, you know something, let me not be selfish. Let me not uh, keep this all to myself. Let me share this with the Duke Loves Wrestling audience. And, you know, hopefully you can gain something from it like I have. So without further ado, Welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. We are talking to the world-renowned life coach, spiritual healer, and overall just really, really good person, Dr. Nikki Starnoche. Welcome to the show, Dr. Nikki. Thank you so much for having me, Duke. Oh, hey, listen, it's my pleasure. And what do you think about that? When I talk about the fact that the weather is changing, and we have the, the craziness of the, of the holiday season coming up upon us. And, you know, some folks may have a, a tough time. I think we all experience that. Uh, what do you think about that concept of, of what goes along with the, the changing of the season? 
Yeah, so you're speaking to stuff that actually has been proven in science that as the weather changes from summer to winter, we receive less sunlight time. And light is so important for humans. It's kind of like part of our food. And there is actually a diagnosis called seasonal affective disorder where people suffer from depression and feeling more down when the season changes, hence seasonal affective disorder. So when you notice that's happening to you, you can easily take time to consciously every day go outside when the sun is high because the hours are much shorter and allow the sun to touch your skin and that UV light from the sun that we don't get from the light bulbs inside is really what can help to boost our mood levels. And it also helps with our vitamin D production and our health and our happiness overall. Hence why there's kind of that joke of like, the happier people live in California. And it's true. We really experience way more sunny days than we do any kind of rain, et cetera. And the weather is more temperate here, so it doesn't change to be so cold like in other parts of the world. And in terms of what you were sharing about family and the challenges, so the reason why I can say holidays are challenging is because it's time we spend with family. And oftentimes there's many kinds of dynamics happening with our family, things that are unresolved and still need healing, things that you may be resentful from as a child that has happened that you're still carrying with you. So, so much of how I work with my clients and the people I work with is connected to the healing journey. And a lot of the wounds that we heal can come from our childhood and how we were raised and the little things that happened. And that's why when we go to see our family, those those dynamics are triggered. And so we're challenged to really grow and change and come into more compassion and love and to remember that everyone is doing their best and to also practice forgiveness to forgive the things of the past because we know that everyone is doing their best in every moment, even if it is maybe something we don't appreciate so much. We know that from their limited point of view that they are doing their best. Awesome, awesome stuff. Clearly you have a lot of perspective. And, of course, I mean, you're, you're a doctor, so you, you've been trained. What I find interesting, and when we talk about leadership, literally being responsible for guiding others and hopefully you're you're guiding them and leading them in a, a direction that will allow them to prosper to be their best self so to speak H- how does it feel to be in that position is, is are there ever times where it becomes challenging for you just knowing that you have so many other folks who are you know looking up to you and and, and coming to you for answers or at the very least inspiration on on what to do next for me it's actually inspiring and gives me energy because i feel like it's what i am on this planet to do so i'm really just being myself and it's also something that started even as a young kid or you know i was always that friend that everyone told their problems to because of the advice that i would share and so Going into medicine was the natural path to take because growing up in New York City, that's just the obvious route if you want to help people. 
And then it was kind of veering from that path to a more holistic way to help people on their their healing and awakening journey. And I found that medicine was limiting my ability to work with people because I truly believe if I'm going to be a leader that's supporting others to live their best life, then I want to be able to work with them on how happy they are. If they're living in a place that they love, if they have love in their lives, all these things that we don't really cover as a doctor. But in my work now, I can cover everything, like language, the way someone's speaking and forming their words, to what they're eating, to how they're spending their time, their connection to nature, to supporting them in learning meditation and self-care practices. So I feel that now I can go way beyond supporting people to be their best selves. And let me tell you, you certainly have, have done that. And what I find interesting about you, uh, Dr. Nikki, is the fact that you're not afraid to share you know, your, your personal journey and, and things that have happened that have allowed you to reaffirm that you're moving in the right direction your own self. It, there was an interesting thing that I, I heard you say recently where you were talking about your beautiful home, which, you know, it's right out there on the beach, and, and it's just it's amazing uh, to see and, and just... I was shocked when you shared the fact that this was something that came along uh, recently, and in fact, you you visualized you visualized uh, that you would live in your dream home, and it would be on the beach, and all this other stuff. And then you actually made it happen, and it and it, and it happened in a relatively short period of time. Talk to us about that that whole thing there, because it's it's really interesting, and, and it's something that surprised me, to be honest with you. So thank you for asking that because I feel one of my powers is that I'm an activator. I help people see their highest potential. And I truly believe that if we dream of something, that it is meant for us. Because there's like a million desires that you can have, but why do you have the specific desires that you have? And I believe it's because that's meant for you and your journey in life and your life's path. So a couple years ago, um, I did kind of receive the inspiration. I think I always knew that I wanted to, like when I was older, like, you know, like when people think of their retirement, they're like, oh, I want to live on the beach somewhere. But I always had a connection to the beach and the water. But it, it started to crystallize and get clear about where. So then I realized when I moved to California, I think it was around 2015 where I first had the thought of, like, I want it to be, like, a Malibu beach home. And even then, I was still like, oh, no, maybe I'll move to Mexico. Maybe I'll move here and there. And then I was, in in just, like, this summer, like, just a few months ago, I was actually, like, thinking, like, no, I really want it to be a Malibu beach home, like, even just, like, a year ago. But I I was thinking, okay, it's going to be in the future. Like, it's going to be in 10 years. It's going to be when I'm more accomplished or when I'm more like this or more like that. And then I wasn't so inspired where I was living the last place. It was like in a beautiful area that's full of nature, but I really wanted breathtaking views from my bed and from the living room. And I just was like, I need to move out of this place. And I moved out of the place even before I found a place because I had another friend that was subleasing a place and she was traveling to Croatia and she lived 
on land with lots of windows in our house. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to move there for two months, and and then I'm going to manifest my dream home. And at first I was staying open to like, okay, it could just be in nature too. It doesn't have to be on the beach. Or maybe you could have a view of the ocean. So I started like getting warmer and warmer. And then I was just like, what am I saying? I could just like manifest what I want. So I just started to do that. I just really got super clear on what I wanted. I wrote down, okay, I want it to be furnished because I don't have the time right now in my schedule to like furnish a whole house. I want it to be furnished. I want it to be right on the beach. I want it to have a view from my window, like both from the bedroom and not even the window. It's like I have just complete glass doors. So it's even, you know, like the best. I want it to be the best, like view from the living room. And I just kept looking online, kept going to see places that could fit the bill. I kept going, kept going, and all the events happened. And, of course, I did visualization techniques. I teach people how to manifest. But it's true that I need to be an example for my own work to show, like, this stuff really works, guys. So it has been a dream come true to land in this home. And it has made me so happy. Like, you know, when they say, I I make a joke, and it's a joke, but it's true, that when people say, oh, money can't buy you happiness, I don't believe that's true. I think that it can't buy happiness for people that don't know how to find happiness. But life is way happier when you do take the time to do what you love, work hard. I mean, it's not even about working hard. It's about working smart and being disciplined because it does take energy to make money. And you can also learn ways to attract money in that are without needing to work. You can get gifts and you can attract rebate checks and all these kinds of things. And I like to see life as a game, and these are all the tools that I like to teach people, like how to manifest more money, how to live your dreams, because then life becomes more fun, and we're not like in that ho-hum, robotic, like I go to work, I come home, I don't even like my job, I don't even like my relationship, I'm sitting here eating food that's not even good for me, whereas I'm like, let's ditch and screw all of that, and let's really live our best lives and shine bright and share our unique gifts that we each have to share with the world. You see what I'm saying, folks? I, I, I tried to tell you about her. She, she's, she's the real deal. <laughs> We're talking to Dr. Nikki Star Noche. Uh, Dr. Nikki, it's right now we're in a really interesting period uh, in, in the pro wrestling world in particular. The WWE, which is literally the strongest pro wrestling promotion in, in wrestling history, it, it legitimately has made the most money and, you know, they've developed the most stars and what have you. It's It's been really interesting to see. And recently they just signed a mega deal with the Fox Network. So this is, you know, regular Fox TV where their SmackDown program will air every Friday. You actually have some experience with the folks over at Fox TV. So, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't warn you ahead of time that I was going to bring this up, but... Share with our audience uh, your Fox TV experience, please. Yeah, so I was on Fox back in 2014. I was in a reality show. It was called Utopia, and it was all about creating a new society. And they, of course, made it fun and challenging for us, where they casted 15 people from different backgrounds, where everyone had a different idea of what a utopia is. And so they hashtagged me Dr. Love because I shared that when they said, answer this question, my utopia is all about, and I was like, love. 
And they were like, what does that even mean? And for me, it's like I really believe creating heaven on earth and having relationships where we're affectionate and supportive and and we do, like, grow our own food. And there's, like, love for everything, love for nature, love for the people. And it's really like a community, like a family where we feel like everyone is family. And I was really creating that culture. Like, I'm a natural hugger. I'm naturally, like, want to have deep conversations. And so, yeah, it was a fun experience. It was definitely super-duper challenging. But I'm happy I had it because I really got to touch the lives of millions of people across America. And I trust that I'm actually going to be on television again. You know, maybe this year we'll see. Um, But, yeah, I think that television is a beautiful platform to awaken consciousness and new ideas for people and humanity. Yeah, that's definitely the truth there. I mean, you know, so many folks still to this day continue to watch TV and plan certain aspects of their lives around different programming that speaks to them. Uh, Another thing that people do is they utilize the Internet and and, and social media. In fact, I, I would argue that that may be overtaking television as the number one entertainment medium and and also the number one educational medium out there. You know, a lot of folks, they're not necessarily going to libraries so much anymore. They're they're ordering their books online or they're reading it online or what have you and checking out social media to, to get their news and inspiration and entertainment. One of the things that I really appreciate about you is that you've done a really great job with marketing your entire brand on social media. And, and it's, it's really fascinating to see, especially on Instagram, the response that you get from everyone is just so tremendous. Talk to us about building a, 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 a practice on social media and, and well, actually utilizing social media as a tool to continue to promote that practice and, and some of the challenges that you face with, with that. Yeah, so I would say that a long time ago, first I used to be really resistant to social media. I was like, I don't want to do this. And what I realized, it was the part of myself that was like scared of rejection or scared that, or just scared to be seen or scared to not get enough likes or any of this kind of stuff. And then I just got the message really strong one day of, like, you have a responsibility. You have all these gifts to share with the world. So just be yourself and just do it as a form of, like, an art. It's a way to share your inspiration because I receive – I post a lot of quotes, as you know – And I receive these messages when I go on walks, when I'm in my meditation. So I'm receiving healing information that I feel is my responsibility to share with the whole world. So one day I decided that I would post every single day, no matter what. And this is what I'm talking about, where you put that energy into things and you get a return on them. So I did that. Every single day I posted, no matter how many likes, no matter if people commented. I just kept building and building and building, and I was just sharing what was true for me, and not necessarily what I think people want to hear is just being honest and authentic, and and it was really drawing a crowd, and it really got great responses, and a lot of people would share how, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is exactly what I needed to hear, and even now, I go about with the same philosophy. 
I do post stories. Every, and then there's some activity more or less that is happening every day, whether it's stories, um, et cetera. But what I find is I love that my page is a place that people can come, yeah, for free content. And then, of course, if they want to go deeper and work one-to-one or join one of my online programs, there's that option, too, or to come to some of my in-person events. But just so that they know that that place is where I just share my heart and it's a place, it's like a healing portal online. And it's really been a beautiful journey. Of course, there are challenges, but for the most part, I feel that everyone really responds in a positive way. And if someone doesn't like what I have to share, usually because it triggers something within them that needs to be healed, I just send them love and, you know, and just keep on doing what I'm here to do. That's good stuff there. And, and what about other folks? Other folks who are thinking about building, you know, their their, their practice or their brand and they want to utilize social media, what's one or two pieces of advice that, that you would give to help them along there? I think it's a great idea because there's billions of people in the world that are using social media and probably, I don't know if there's billions or just hundreds of millions of followers on Instagram, but either way, social media is a way that people who would never be able to find you can find you. And I'm sure people know about hashtags, and yes, hashtags can be used as like a cool way to say something funny, you know, Um, but it can also be used as a way, as like a search engine. So if you use a hashtag in your post, people can find you based on that hashtag, so you'll appear in random searches. So I always recommend, you don't have to put it in the first, let's say if you're using Instagram, it's like you would... Um, you put an image, and also the image really matters. So I really take the time to have a lot of light in my images to really make sure that they look pretty, that there's some kind of, not theme, but I tend to like really bright sunlight photos. But then someone else might have a, if you look at all the big accounts, generally they have some kind of art, not like art, but they're like the, there's like similar styles in the photos. This can really help your brand because then people will follow it also for what it looks like. So even if you have a podcast, for example, you could start to create images or if you have a, for your podcast, like where you have a picture of the person you interviewed plus a picture of you or just like the logo of the podcast and people start to get familiar with that. And then when they see a new face, that new face can help to promote the podcast, for example. So having some kind of consistency always helps. And then you write your caption, and then you can, in the second post, like in a in a comment, you can put up to 30 hashtags. But you can do 30 total on an image. So I find that hashtags are a great way for new people to find you. And I would say consistency in posting, too. So whether you commit to once a week, I would say about three times a week you want to be posting on your actual page. Um, but then stories help you become more visible as well on people's feeds because, you know, there's a whole story section on the top. So that's my advice for people that want to get started. And it's funny because, again, you practice what you preach. Everything you just said are, are things that you personally utilize, and they have proven to be very successful. It's it's kind of funny that you mentioned consistency because one of the things that I notice, and, and I see you know folks who comment on your stuff, they've pointed out as well, 
the Dr. Nikki hair. You have that hair, <laughs> which is like your trademark there, you know. Talk to us about the Dr. <laughs> Dr. Nikki hair. It's so funny that you say that because actually someone today sent me a message. It's like, I know somebody's making a curl mask. Can I introduce you to them? Um, but it, what's funny is uh, before 2013, I used to straighten my hair. I used to only straighten my hair, never wear it curly. Maybe if it was a rainy day in New York City, I'd wear it curly. But it would probably have, like, a ton of curl in it, and, I, like, my curls weren't as curly because I was curling. I mean, they were still curly, of course, but I was straightening my hair all the time. And then when I had my spiritual awakening, I kind of received the information of, like, stop straightening your hair, that, it, it, you know, our hair is kind of like an antenna. And curls are like spirals, and, you know, energy happens in a spirals a lot of times. So it was funny that, um, yeah, now everyone loves my hair, but it took me up until 2013 to really love my own hair and say, okay, I'm owning it, I'm rocking it, however it looks. Well, and it's ironic, as you said, that that has become, you know, one of your signatures there. That That is your that is your hashtag for the world to see uh, uh, more than any words. It's that hair. They see that Dr. Nikki hair, and it's like, wow, there she is. You know, it, Wait, is that actually a, a hashtag? Because I didn't even know if it was. Oh, no. I'm, I'm saying that uh, for <laughs> a visual, that's a visual hashtag, uh, a living hashtag, <laughs> so to speak. That, that goes beyond words there. But it's it's important because, like you said, the, the consistency and, and when we talk about uh, branding and things of that nature, people know Dr. Nikki because they see that hair. You know, even before they hear the voice, even before they see the picture, they see the hair and say, yep, that's Dr. Nikki, and, and, and they go from there. So it's it's pretty cool, you know. And, and it's funny because we we talk about the fact that you're a spiritual leader and, and what have you, and you we're talking about social media branding and, and all of this good stuff. But you are, you're very well accomplished. You have a lot of hats that you wear. Mention some of these things to us. In fact, as many as you can think of right now, what are your credentials? Well, I mean, they can go so vast and wide depending on the audience. A lot of times I tailor my credentials to be based on what audience I'm speaking in front of. So as you already had said, like transformational life coach, I help people change their life. Um, something that could be maybe considered more in the woo-woo spectrum is I'm, I am an energy healer. I work with energy to support people in feeling empowered, but also healing things of the past, even physical pains and ailments, too. Um, I'm also a meditation leader. When people come to my meditation classes, literally their aches and pains are gone. They have visions. They have experiences. I would also say that I'm a power and a purpose activator, and that's something more of an energetic thing. And a lot of times when people come into my field, they change and they shift and they see where they need to shift in their lives in order to live their fullest life. Um, I'm also a writer and an author. I'll have definitely way more books coming out in the future. And, yeah, I feel like those kind of things, you know, and then even from another, from more from the spiritual side, I am a priestess. I have been initiated in this life and past life, and this is connected to working with energy and connecting with energy and divine forces and even with the elements, so doing rituals. So when people come to me for retreats, I do a lot of different kinds of rituals that help people release energies that aren't serving them while also creating good fortune and bringing in the things that we want to have in our lives. 
So it's true. And, and I'm also an inspirational speaker. I speak at events. I obviously speak in, when I do podcasts. Um, both in person and I, I'm a create, I'm a teacher. I'm a creator of online programs and I have curriculums in all different aspects. So yeah, it's kind of like a never ending. And I was once, I did, I am a certified yoga instructor. I don't practice that anymore. Um, but, but I do on my retreats. So when people come for retreats for me, I do, um, do do my yoga there. And I still have a few yoga clients left, but they were they've been with me since two thousand thirteen when I transitioned from being a doctor and yoga was kinda like that first step into the more holistic world. Jeez, I mean that that is just such a mouthful and, and the funny part is I know you haven't uh, mentioned all of it, but that you know it would be <laughs> Yeah. Talk, so, <laughs> funny, you're uh, quite intuitive. The, the uh, All Elite Wrestling Heavyweight Champion Chris Jericho, uh, in the past he had what he called the, the List of Jericho. And it was like this big scroll that you would he would unroll and it would keep going. That's Dr. Nikki Starr's uh, uh, credentials there, folks. I mean, she's got a lot going on here. And it was very important for me to have her come on the show because, as you all know, anyone who's been listening to this show for the duration, I've had folks on here who you know, from the, the wrestling and sports world who've dealt with depression and, and alcoholism and, you know, Army veterans who who've coping with PTSD. And, and what's interesting about everybody, no matter who's come on this show and shared their personal life stories and what have you, when they talk about the things that they utilize, the, the, the practices that they utilize to keep themselves centered and, and, and to keep themselves in a good place, they mention things like spiritual guidance. They mention things like yoga. They mention things like meditation. All of these things that Dr. Nikki Star Noche provides, and, and she's very experienced in, and something that she does for an abundance of people all over the place. That's why she's on this show today, just to introduce everybody to who this person is and, and what they're all about. So please, Dr. Nikki. If anyone who's listening right now wants to reach out to you, they want to check out more of your services or, or even possibly partake in your services, what is the best ways that they can get more Dr. Nikki Star Noche in their life? Thank you. So I would say my website and Instagram. So my website is Dr. Nikki Star, D-R-N-I-K-K-I-S-P-A-R-R.com. And my Instagram handle is the same as at Dr. Nikki Star with two I's, two K's, two R's. So, yeah, follow me there, even if you're just looking for daily inspiration, or you can reach out to me directly so that we can schedule a chat and see where you're at and, yeah, ways that I can support you. And then if you're in Los Angeles, I host events out of my Malibu Beach home, and I work with people as well one-on-one, -on -one, both online and and in person, so even if people are around the world, there are many different options as well as my meditation album. And you can also get on my mailing list where I share my blogs. And so there's so many ways to connect with me. Her name is Dr. Nikki Star Noche. Dr. Nikki, we'll definitely have you back sometime in the future. Really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for having me. How cool was that, man? I know it's, you know, a little different, a little different to uh, have a wellness doctor on the show, but it's important. And it's really important to me because, you know, that, that documentary that WWE Network put out, 
with Sasha Banks, and she talked about why she's taking all this time off and what was going on with her, and it all centered around wellness. It, it, it centered around Sasha getting back to a place where she felt comfortable with who she was as a person, and she needed that time off to kind of hit that reset button and, and, and get back to who she is. So that's mental health is important, man. I mean, and especially when you're dealing with physically demanding um, situations, you know, pro wrestling, they're getting their bodies beat up all the time. And on top of that, they got to hear from fans who are giving them a hard time half the, half the time, you know? Sometimes I, I, I think that we have to remember that these are characters being played, right? These athletes are, are putting their bodies on the line to entertain us, and they're, they're, they're telling a story. They're playing characters, even if the character is closely related to who they are in real life. They're playing characters. So it's okay for me to say, listen, I can't stand Roman Reigns. He's my arch nemesis. But it's not okay for me to say something negative about Joe Anawaii, who is the real person behind Roman Reigns. Joe Anawaii is a, is, a, is, a, is a class human being. I, I have nothing negative to say about that man. Defeated cancer twice, family man. Uh, he's always taking time out to inspire children and, and, and older folks and everyone in between. Just a, a class human being. The Roman Reigns character, I can't stand. You know, He's more handsome than me, has more money than me, has more hair on his head. You name it. <laughs> I'm not supposed to like that guy. But the point is, I can I can have my issues with the character while still respecting the person behind the character. And I think that it's important for us to keep that in mind. And, and I'm glad that Dr. Nikki took some time out to talk to us just in general about wellness and what have you. Because Goodness gracious, can you imagine what these poor wrestlers are going through when half the population or more are telling them that they hate their guts and all these other negative things? Poor Sasha Banks, she was getting death threats and things. I, I saw on Total Divas the other night, uh, Carmella was getting death threats. Come on. Lana... Who's in the new storyline with with Bobby Lashley? They're making out, and you know, allegedly she's cheating on Rusev. That's the storyline, at least. She's getting death threats for that. Come on, what are you guys doing out there? So whatever it is in your life that that has brought you to a place where that level of extreme negativity is is being pushed upon others, gotta hit that reset button, man. Check out Doctor Nikki Star on on Instagram and and. You know, check out our website and what have you. And I'll have all the links up on the Duke Loves Wrestling, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. Um, hit that reset button. Maybe it's time to get some well. Have some have some turmeric latte. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's let's get our place ourselves to a place of positivity, please. And I'm gonna keep that ball rolling because I'll, I'll tell you, I I know a young lady who Charlotte Flair refers to her as, as her biggest fan, which is pretty awesome. So I, I invited her to come on the show uh, for a few moments here and just talk about what it means to be a passionate fan, but a positive fan. So uh, check it out. I got to tell you, folks, it, it, and, and anyone who's listened to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, you know, 
I'm a huge wrestling fan. I love pro wrestling. And one of the things that I really enjoy is interacting with other fans who are, are just as passionate and, and people who really make the community something positive. You know, because keep in mind, I mean, pro wrestlers, they're people just like you and I. And they get a lot of negativity at times. So it's always great when you have folks who are positive and who support them and are genuine in, in their support and what have you. So with that said, Charlotte Flair, Charlotte Flair, the queen, she has a, a, a young lady who is without a doubt her biggest fan walking the face of the earth. And I said, you know something? Everybody knows that I'm a big Ric Flair, Mark. Everybody knows that I, I've been on the Charlotte Flair bandwagon ever since she started. So I said, hey, you know something? In celebration of Charlotte Flair, Flair's big victory at Hell in the Cell, let's get her biggest fan on the show and, and, and talk a little Charlotte Flair stuff here. So without further ado, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, Poldo. How are you, Poldo? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Oh please, it's 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 my pleasure. And listen, I got a I got a bone to pick with you, lady. <laughs> listen, I, I got to get straight right here. You tweeted something that was really cool that that uh, had to do with the big show in Charlotte, and we'll get into the specifics of that. In fact, mm -hmm. why don't you just let's just jump right into that? What was the tweet about? So WWE was running a poll where they asked who the greatest superstar of SmackDown ever was. And I saw, I think, last week that Charlotte was tied with the Big Show. So I quoted it and I said, Charlotte didn't spear Becky through an LED just to be tied with the Big Show. Like, vote for her. And you said that and you thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, so I, I really uh, appreciated the fact that you tweeted that. I thought that was really cool. So I actually retweeted it, and I tagged Charlotte, and I said, hey, Charlotte, can we get a retweet for this great fan? You know, this is a pretty clever tweet that she put out there. Next thing I know, <laughs> I see a video pop up, and it's of you and Charlotte giving each other a big hug, and Charlotte literally, like, she, her, her face just lit up like a Christmas tree, Oh, my God, this is literally my biggest fan. That's what she said. So you didn't need me. You didn't need the Duke to retweet you at all and, and, and have Charlotte tweet you or like the tweet. You're already in. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I was going to be like, oh, hey, Charlotte already knows who I am. <laughs> yeah, well, talk, the first thing I tell people. How, how, does, how does Charlotte Flair know that you are her biggest fan? Talk to us about this here. You know, we met how anyone meets in this century. We met on Twitter. Um, I was I was a pretty big fan. Like you said, since she started, similar to you, you know, I heard this is a big deal. And actually, the summer before I came to the U.S., 2014, I was just, like, chilling. And it was I – was, I got back into wrestling, so I hadn't watched it for a couple of years because I was in a school, like, a boarding school, so I hadn't seen any – caught up with wrestling for a couple of years and then I turned on and it was NXT and she was beating Natalia for the championship and I was like this is very cool because I grew up watching Ric Flair also and I loved how much like high-flying Charlie is and how good she was in that match 
and I kept tabs ever since. And I started very seriously following her career when she got on the main roster. But I didn't actually start tweeting her until 2017 because I didn't even have a Twitter and I didn't know you could communicate with wrestlers. But we met for the first time at Access last year and I gave her a comic book talking about how much her story had helped me and we had kept in touch ever since. Then I think one thing led to another. She followed me both on Twitter and Instagram and we talk very regularly and I actually provide her with gifts after every SmackDown or pay-per-view event that she occasionally uses because that's how our conversation started that she really liked a gift that I had posted and we started exchanging gifts ever since and, like, talking through it out. That video was actually very unexpected. I did not realize I was being filmed, but um, my stage fright showed up, and I realized I was on camera, so it was kind of awkward. That's that's hilarious. Well, I mean, hey, you, you, you did all right. Come on. You know what I mean? Thank you. you. you it's pretty much, the, yeah, the coolest and the most embarrassing things that, that has happened to me at the same time. Well, what I love about it is the fact that here you are, again, you're this genuine fan. You're somebody who legitimately follows wrestling, and you found Charlotte Flair, and and you took to her and what have you, and and you show a lot of love. And Charlotte appreciates that, and she's showing appreciation of that, and she's acknowledging that. And that's just, it's a really cool thing to see. You know what I mean? And It's every fan's dream that the person right. that they look up to and idolize would actually be a really cool person in real life. Yeah, so. for sure. I think it is a lot of it is luck to be at the right place at the right time. Like I was able to go to events and like meet her and have access to WWE wrestlers who are such friendly people. And again, it's a testament to what a kind person she is, that she is so welcoming like every time. I've talked to her, she's never acted like, oh, like, I'm this great celebrity, or I'm, like, such a successful wrestler. It's always like, oh, like, I'm at your level, I'm talking to you like a friend. It's very, very sweet. She's a great person. So I, I know you were watching the pay-per-view. Hell oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Tell us. Tell us tell us how you felt when uh, Charlotte got that victory there and, and won the, the championship for the 10th time, a record 10 times. I think I was really scared because her last couple of reigns did not last very long. So I think her eighth reign was just like to take the title to WrestleMania and put those on the line. And then her ninth reign, she got cashed in after being champion for like a minute. So I think we're very scarred to like not be used to a proper reign. So it's very exciting. But she's been champion for two whole days and she hasn't lost the title and it's Exciting, you know, people will say things like, oh, she's, like, won it too many times, or she's doing it because of her name, but there's so many wrestlers out there who have famous parents who aren't as successful, and part of that is because Charlotte is such a hard worker, and she's so good in the ring. Even if you just look at her matches in 2018, she had so many good matches against Asuka, against Becky at Evolution, the Triple Threat at TLC, even her match against Ruby Riot, which I think is very underrated. Every time she shows up and she delivers, and I think that's part of why the company trusts her so much and she keeps getting the title. So I think it's absolutely she deserves it. It's a good time. I'm excited for her and have to run. Well, and, and I 100% agree with you. I mean, I am very well documented in pointing out the fact that Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair, 
those two in particular are, you know, legitimately the the, the class of, of women's wrestling, and mainly because it really doesn't matter who you put in the ring with them. Mm-hmm. They are going to get as great of a match as you can get out of, out of that opponent, and that's just the way it's going to be. And like you said, the company trusts Charlotte, puts the belt on her. I mean, this is ten times, and, and she's doing all these media uh, pressers and all these other things. I mean, she's legitimately mm-hmm. an ambassador, not only to the WWE, but, you know, to, to the entire wrestling business. This is right. what her role is. And she absolutely is the right person for that role because she's awesome. Yeah. She is. Oh, like you're saying, she's doing all this media. I think she's a great talker. And every time she goes to these press events and panels or whatever, you can see that she's one of the top choices the WWE turns to because she's, I think her background is also like has training and communications and she's very good at speaking about how much she's lucky to be in this era of wrestling and women's wrestling and how far the divisions come. You can tell that she's very proud to represent the company and she's proud to be here. So that's really good to see her everywhere. As we said on Fox season, she's been, she's been at it. She's been a busy lady. That's been great. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just, and it's, it's fun to watch. I mean, especially, you know, for, for a big fan like yourself to see, where she started in NXT and then to see where she's at today, it's like, wow, what a career. Yeah. And she's not even, she hasn't even peaked yet. Like there's still so, right. many, so many more years left and so many more accomplishments that uh, are ahead of her. And it's just, it's great to see. It's great to see. So, yeah, and, Paul, though, yeah. tell, tell the world, Terry, because you're, you're, like I said, you're a really cool person and, and you're a fun follow online. If folks want to check out your page and, and see some of the cool stuff that, you know, your take on the wrestling matches as they're happening, uh, the cool gifts that you post, especially the Charlotte Flair stuff, how can folks see you on, on Twitter and what have you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Poldo307. That's P-A-D-Y-A-3-0-7. And I'm always ranting about wrestling and Charlotte Flair. never stopping. Yeah, and let me tell you, folks. When, when she says always, she means always. But again, it's 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 fun to see. It's it's genuine passion. It's never anything that's that's mean or nasty or anything like that. It's just it's what wrestling fandom uh, really is when it's genuine. And that's why I really you know took to what you were doing. And I said, you know, something. I got to get this young lady on the show. Let's let's definitely show some love to her as well. On behalf of all my listeners uh, on Duke Loves Wrestling, so Paul, though we'll definitely have you back. In fact, the next time uh, Charlotte has a, a really big match, uh, maybe we'll check in with you and, and get your take on things. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to coming back. It's like with, when the New Day talks about the the power of positivity. It doesn't get any better than that. So. Thank you, Poldo, for for taking some time out to talk to us about your fandom and about Charlotte Flair, and it's pretty cool. You know, I, I really have a lot of respect for Charlotte for recognizing somebody is is treating her with respect, and she reciprocates, and it's just a, a really nice thing to see. It's it's always great when you meet your heroes and they turn out to be as as honorable as you would hope they would be. So, really fun. This was a, a kick-butt episode, man. I, I'm really proud of this, and I'm, I'm happy that you've joined us and you stuck through and, and listened to everybody. A lot of wrestling content, a lot of wellness content. 
talking about lattes and, and breaking arms with Amber O'Neill and, 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 you know, Kate is, you know, she's doing zines and, and you got Boldo, she's following Charlotte, Dr. Nikki Starr, she just wants you to be your best self, just the, the whole mixed bag of just fun stuff this week. So that does it for now. Definitely join me next week. I have another roster of great guests. We have some great content coming on. And and listen, shoot me a message on Facebook, on Twitter. You can email me. Everything is at Duke Loves Wrestling. The the, the email address in particular is at Duke Loves Wrestling. I mean, Duke Loves Wrestling at gmail.com. But send me your comments. Let me know what you think. There's just a lot of exciting stuff going on. I'm getting so much positive feedback about the interviews. It's clear that you, you, you listeners are enjoying the, vari- the variety of interviews, the variety of guests that are being brought back. And, you know, we'll just keep that trend going, man. So it's all about until next week. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.